Oh, sure, you've got your Huckleberry Finns and your Beloveds and Great Gatsby's. Outstanding novels, all. But Eliana Amira Yisrael would like to persuade you that the great American read is in fact seven novels written by an Englishwoman, the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. She'll be making her case for Potter next Tuesday on the season launch of the PBS series The Great American Read, which is a quest for, well, perhaps not the best, but American's best-loved novel. Yisrael has worked on TV shows like Empire and Westworld and is now on a Fox feature film. She came late to the books, but is such a devotee that she crafted a web series about the Potter character she identifies with. Hermione Granger and the Quarter-Life Crisis brings the young witch to Los Angeles to stay with non-magical relatives. Yisrael casts Hermione as a black woman. This is not at all implausible. The book drops some hints, and when the rolling play Harry Potter and the Cursed Child debuted on the London stage two years ago, Hermione was played by a black woman. For Yisrael, the Potter magic is not how otherworldly it all feels, but how familiar. How does a girl from the south side of Chicago end up championing novels about wizards and witches in an imaginary castle in a place that seems to be Scotland? (laughs) How indeed. I grew up just absolutely obsessed with books. I have been reading for as long as I can remember. And it's always been, like, it's my favorite hobby. And, like, people have really interesting hobbies. And mine is just, like, so classic, like, reading books. When I was in college, my little brother was in sixth grade. And one of his classmates had one of the Harry Potter books. And we had just watched the first two movies at our house. And so wanted to read the book. But my mom was kind of nervous because she had been hearing some things about how maybe they weren't a good influence on kids and they sort of encouraged like practice of witchcraft and she had some concerns in that area. But you'd already seen the first two movies at your house? Right, but she hadn't seen them. My mom was working two jobs and she was in college. She was getting her bachelor's degree at the time. So she was just really busy. So she wasn't like able to sit down and watch the movies with us. She was telling me about the the situation and I volunteered because again... I love to read anyway. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't intend to finish the book. I figured I would read a couple chapters, skip to the end, and tell her that it was okay. Because I had seen the movie, so I knew that it was fine. Oh, but then some magic happened. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? A wizard. And a thumping good and I'd wager, once you trade up a little. And then some magic happened. So he gave me the book. In the morning, I went to my school because, like I said, I was in college. I sat down in the cafeteria at about 7 a.m. I had an 8 o'clock class. I was just going to read a couple pages. I sat in that cafeteria until 10 o'clock at night when they closed. I just sat there and couldn't put it down. I missed all my classes. (laughs) I didn't eat. I was just so engulfed. Which book was this? It was Prisoner of Azkaban. That was the first Harry Potter book that I read. And then I finished the book the next morning around 7 a.m. I went to an all-night diner near my house and I finished the book. And then from then on, I was just, I was in. And then from that point on, I was like, I got to get more of these. And, you know, and I watched the movies again because I was just so into it. And so when books five, six, and seven came out, my big brother would actually buy the books and, you know, bring them to the house. My whole family, all of us kids, we'd be like taking the book from each other with, Because he only bought one copy, but there were five kids. And we'd be like, it became almost like an all-out war. What was it about these 
books that were so different in every way from the world that any of us kids really knew, except in our imaginations. I think that what really, really got us isn't how different they were, but how similar, like how how familiar everything was. It was this idea that literally just around the corner, because everything in the world felt so familiar in the sense that like we could see, we, we could identify with it so easily because it was so close to the world that we already live in. And it was so special. In what sense was it close? Um, in the sense of you're starting a new school and you're afraid of everybody. In the sense of you have family that you wish you were closer to, or you have family, like if the Weasleys, you have family that you're super close to. You could be a Hermione, such as myself, and you just love books and you love the library. I had you looking in the wrong section. How could I be so stupid? I checked this out weeks ago for a bit of light reading. This is light. And you you maybe aren't the best at talking to people, but your intentions are really good. And you have teachers that you don't like. So much of it was built around the school and the idea of making friends. And it just so happens that the school and the friendships and all those things were also a part of this larger plot to save the world. That's the, the big fantastic part. But I think the heart of the story and the heart of what everybody's really, really drawn to are just these things that are part of the human condition. And here's Hermione Granger, who's a SWAT, the girl like you, like me, with the nose in the book. And she's become, to you, the Elizabeth Bennet from Pride and Prejudice. She's the Joe March of Little Women. Well, 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 Hermione, you really are the brightest witch of your age I've ever met. The funny thing is, prior to Hermione, I went from being Joe, because I read Little Women first back when I was young, and then I read... Pride and Prejudice when I was in high school. So then Elizabeth became my go-to. And then I read Harry Potter and I was like, Hermione Granger, like that's who I am. (laughs) But then again, there was also that exciting factor of that she had magic and she was on these adventures. It was not only familiar, but it was also so exciting. And I mean, Elizabeth Bennet is amazing and I love her so much, but she certainly wasn't out like flying on dragons. It was the familiarity mixed with the fantastic. You've also done a web series about Hermione Granger, called Hermione Granger in the Quarter-Life Crisis, in which you carry her character farther. To you, in your web series, she's Black. She has a crisis where she leaves England, comes to America, hangs out with her American relatives and her friends. What happens in your web series? I think becoming an adult and really, like, really, really, really standing on your own two feet, I mean, that's a challenge like nothing else. (laughs) It's hard to know if you're doing it right, and it's hard to feel confident that you're doing the right things or making the right choices. You know, you're really just doing your best, and the consequences can feel so large. I was going through just some similar questions and find the right direction, you know, and like really wondering if I had made the right choices. And then one thing that really I was thinking a lot about is that who was Hermione before she got on that train to Hogwarts her very first year? And then also, who was she before she became really close to Harry and Ron? Because I imagine that the year before she went to Hogwarts, I just know that she probably wanted to go to Oxford and become like this PhD in history or some like big subject like that. And she probably had all these really big ambitions. And then she realizes she has magic. She's on her way to the magic school. But she probably still is that same person. She just wants to like 
really explore this new world that she's in. I just couldn't see why after some time, she wouldn't, of all people, she wouldn't start to question and just start to wonder how she could get back on her own path. And that's really what I set out to do with the web series, was to give Hermione Granger a chance to find her path, not to just stay on the path that she fell onto. When she wrote the first book and went to have it published, she had to use her initials, JK, because she was told, boys aren't going to read this if they think a woman wrote it. Is Harry Potter's world just a man's world, or is Hermione changing that? I think, yes, Harry Potter is a man's world. There are some female characters in the books, obviously, but including Hermione, of course, but it is really a story, I think, about Harry Potter and Lord Voldemort and Albus Dumbledore. So, yes, it is a man's world. And then also Hermione is absolutely changing that because she's one of the standout characters. A lot of the female readers, we've put her on such a pedestal. You know, she's become a verb almost. <laughs> to Hermione? Like, if you Hermione something, that means you 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 fixed it. You had the idea for it, right? You, oh, that means that you you went in and you saved the day. Or you went in and you were the person to come up with the idea that nobody else had because you, you Hermione'd it. Needs change. Oh, Roddy. Undetectable extension charm. You're amazing, you are. Always the total surprise. In the books, there's really nothing to identify the character's race except for the Patil sisters and Harry's girlfriend, Cho Chang. And it does mention Hermione's bushy hair. Did that give you the idea that Hermione could be black? Because I saw the two movies first, I definitely, for a very long time, never even questioned Emma Watson as Hermione. You know, I knew that I saw myself in her, but to be quite honest, growing up as a black girl who reads or even just like engages in pop culture at all in any way, whether it's like film or TV, you become very accustomed to seeing yourself in characters who have nothing in common with you physically or socially or... Elizabeth Bennet. Yeah, exactly. I saw myself in Elizabeth Bennet. We could not be further from each other socially, physically, all of these things. And so you, you become really, really, really accustomed to seeing yourself in people that that shared nothing in common with you. But then after the books were out, and I was always like looking for more because I just love the world, I started to see fan art on Tumblr. And there was this big movement of, of what's called race spent Harry Potter. I just coming across these images, and there were so many images of Hermione being black. And they would always draw Hermione as black and then Harry as like a Southeast Asian person. That's what expanded my mind. And then, and I thought about, you know, when she needed to become pretty for in book four, the first moment that we really are told that she did something to be pretty, what she does is straighten her hair. A lot of people now are wearing their hair naturally, but, but it's still a lot of stigma and conversations about it. And sometimes a lot of shame, you know, that your hair isn't good enough or your hair is not the pretty hair. And so, you know, this idea of like becoming pretty means straightening your hair and, and doing all these things to yourself physically. So so I felt like there were things in the text that if it's your experience, she shared that with you. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And so for your web series, what kind of response have you been getting? Here's Hermione, a black witch visiting America, her American cousins, visiting a world that you know and you're familiar with. The web series has gotten a lot of positive responses. 
especially from people that either are black or that are like just people of color or queer people, people that sort of exist on the outside have responded like really, really, really positively to the show. And then there have been people that don't like one thing or another about the show. They either don't like that she's not white or they don't like that it's in America. Well, she can't be a crime-fighting teenager for the rest of her life. That was what was really driving me was not only did I see the blackness in her, but I felt like as women a lot of times we give up our whole identities and we give up so much of ourselves for the greater good. And I felt like for Hermione to work at the ministry after everything that happened and to just sort of stay in the same boat that she was in when she was 18 years old. It made no sense to me. And I didn't want her to be another woman who loses her identity to the greater good. In Harry Potter, a Patronus is a creature from the animal kingdom you can invoke to defend yourself against the worst conceivable evil. What animal is your Patronus? My Patronus is a chestnut horse. A thoroughbred horse. I'm from Chicago, and I'm from the South Side, which is like all concrete and parks, you know, so we don't really have horses. That's something I've always wanted to be a part of. And maybe it's because I love historical books, and they're always riding around on horses, but (laughs) I've always wanted to have horses. And I know nothing about it because I'm a city girl through and through. Now, there are, as you know, extraordinary novels out there. Huckleberry Finn, To Kill a Mockingbird, 1984. Why should America read Harry Potter. I think that what all seven of the Harry Potter books will give readers is it's so close to who you are that it will be very easy to find yourself in one or more of the characters. And I think that you will then find yourself on an exciting ride of self-discovery and and you'll really be inspired to see how you can be a positive impact on the world. I think that particularly right now, a lot of people are interested in what they can do and how they can be of service to the world. And I think that there is no greater book to do that, but you can have so much fun while you're being inspired to make positive change. Granted, we're not going to be on the picket lines with wands, but reading the books and getting swept up in the fantasy of the battle and the, and the, the mystery of it all and, and the discovery of secret, there's so much there. And it, I think that it, I think the readers should to read the Harry Potter series because it will give them inspiration, but it will also give them an excitement to, to get out there and like do something. Eliana Amira Yisrael, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for talking with me. It was really fun. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's engineered by Dave Wine and Mike Heflin and edited by Heflin. The movie moments are from the Warner Brothers series of Harry Potter films, as is the theme music. The Olivia Newton-John song Magic from the film Xanadu is on the MCA Jet label. Subscribe to Pat Morrison Asks and never miss a podcast.